welcome to episode five of the Group Print Podcast. Myself, Josh, I'm here with Lloyd. Yo. And today we've got two very special guests on with us, and we're going to be talking about athletes. And obviously, with this being a group training podcast, we're going to be talking about how athletes, majority of the time, do a lot of their training in groups and what we can take away from that. So I'll let the guests introduce themselves. First of all, we've got Ben Cart right here. Tell us a bit about yourself, Ben. Hi guys, I'm a failed footballer. <laughs> Excellent. And yeah, so my current roles are the co-founder, owner of M3 Perform with your one of your hosts, Lloyd. Yep. And also work with footballers through my company, Football Fitness Federation. So that's essentially, I think, why we've been invited on in today. Yep. Working with players. Uh, and. We've got Rick Moylan with us as well, somebody we've mentioned on the podcast quite a bit, and um, he's here as well. Talk, go on, Rick, tell us about yourself. Hi, uh, hi guys, hi everyone, thanks for having me. Um, I'm not really that pleased that Ben got introduced before me, <laughs> but, but there we go, let's just let's just get that one out there. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm joking. Um, my name's Rick Moylan, I'm a performance coach, I, I've spent about 10 years or so working um, in elite sport, um, predominantly in combat sports, but I've worked in tennis and football and extreme sports and, and whatnot like that. So, you know, yeah, that, that's me. So we've got, a, we've got an awesome podcast ahead today. Got the pressure on. Um, so <laughs> we're going to be discussing basically about how these two coaches predominantly work with athletes, obviously, as we said before, but how they often put these athletes into groups and the benefits of training people in groups, etc., etc. <laughs> and being Lloyd have been getting across the last few weeks in the podcast how we can we see loads of benefits in training people in groups and, mm. and premium small group training. And what we're going to try and get across today is if athletes at the highest level can do it, anybody can do it. And there's yeah. loads of extra benefits that we might not even discuss yet. Yeah, it's that sort of mindset where we've we've built up as a PT that the best for the best results you get PT. And we, we do that because it, we get paid more, or we used to. That was, that was the reason behind it. If you wanted to earn more money, you, you, you got more PT rather than training people in a group. When it comes to getting the best out of an athlete, that's not always the route go, uh, that they go down, and that's what we're here to discuss. So the first real one is what we see as the key benefits of training athletes in a group and why it can be better for them to work together sometimes. Um, so we're going to get our guests to sort of go over it a bit more. Is there the guys in the know? So the benefits of training in the group. Yeah. Why? Why would you? What, yeah. So Ben obviously works with football. So if you've if you've got a, a guy that wants to come, say it's a pre-season, something quite serious like that. What would you see the benefits of getting more than one player together for that? Well, I think the obvious ones are, are like the motivation of, of player to player in this in like my circumstances that they're going to motivate each other but also you're going to have different standards of people within that group so there should be all, always someone that you're looking to push towards or some level that you, you're looking to push towards accountability with the group as well yeah so turning up to sessions like yeah. even even yeah. players mm. will suffer from the same sort of things that were like PTs will suffer with with clients, like people not turning up. Yeah, um, and you got to be there if everyone else is there, sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I think accountability is massive. Mm. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with all of that. I mean, Ben, I think, you know, through football has done a, probably a little bit more team based stuff than I have. Uh, but one of the things in a lot of the individual sports that 
um, that we often try and do is, is push is push the guys into into a group based setting because of all the things that Ben's just mentioned. But also, I think there's this sort of misconception amongst general population that you know, particularly amongst those that don't particularly enjoy training, mm. that pro athletes do. Pro athletes do yeah. enjoy yeah. training, and 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 that's not always the case. You know, it is very much a job. Um, you know, we're all in our own world at the end of the day, and. Um, uh, for me, one of the biggest things, and I think is crucial about you know w- with regards to training for every single one of us and why we do it with athletes is because it makes it fun. You know, like Ben said, yeah, it makes it accountable, but it gets a bit competitive, a little bit of banter, but also friendship, um, and I think all those things uh, uh, you know form really strong bonds that that then you know we can take into the competitive environment. And I know from football perspective you know you'll often see the players on the dugout very animated and that will be a, a sign um you know animated when their team scores a sign of a, of a strong healthy team and if, you know in boxing in particular which is more my background it's quite common to see three or four other pro boxers in the corner of the person who's fighting yeah, supporting oh, ringside yeah, yeah really you know in, so yeah. i think the benefits are are, are enormous yeah, I mean, that's interesting because it's actually an individual sport as well, isn't it? Well, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. You see that with pretty much all individual sports. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the Olympic sports that are individual, there's always mm-hmm. some sort of team that goes with it. Yeah, there is. If it's not um, the same sport, so if it's mm-hmm. a pole vaulter, for example, mm-hmm. if it's not a team of pole vaulters, they're within the GB team or yeah. they're in some sort of a team, yeah. the track and field team or whatever it is. So there's massive pull towards teams regardless of what your sport is. Yeah. You know, I mean, what I find interesting as well is there is to be group training in the fitness industry it's seen as for people sometimes that can't afford one-to-one right? yeah 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 and obviously on this podcast we're here to say that it's not that it's it can actually be the preferred option and what's interesting with athletes is you've got to assume that athletes are put in a setting and say a camp a boxing camp which is going to be the most likely way for them to win so if they thought that training one-to-one would give them more of a chance they would be training it. one-to-one yeah so that they actually are choosing group training over one-to-one training which is interesting yeah I think it's interesting in in uh, boxing <clears throat> I'm quite a big boxing fan so I obviously follow it quite a lot but within boxing that they do certain bits in groups some of it's still one-to-one some of it's still really focused um, and you've seen it more now in football of people taking on services like what, what Ben does um, one-to-one sessions with footballers to make them a better athlete essentially yeah, yeah. not the group sessions not the laps not the technical stuff the yeah, yeah. The, the, the nitty-gritty balance and bands and strength and all the, all the all the stuff that you should be doing to get more athletic that they're taking up on their own um, we've always said that haven't we we believe there's always a space for one-to-one of course of course. Like what, what Rick and Ben do one-to-one where it's still take them out and maybe work on the weaknesses or something very specific mm. that's going to maybe enable them to go back into the group and It'd be better, far better. It depends how you're in a group as well, because a group could be if you're rigid with your your program or your model. In fact, if it's a bigger group, mm. then uh, obviously it's not individualized. Like you're not able to adapt it. Whereas yeah. if you run a smaller group, you're able to adapt things depending on the person. So essentially, they're still getting the one-to-one quality, but within a group, a small group setting. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why they they can't do that, and yeah, a, a group could be. I mean, it depends what you mean by group, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Plus. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could just be putting two people large, together. Small. Mm. The one thing I'm interested to know, Rick, is um, 
is when you're planning a session for a group of boxers, let's say a small group session, and we all going to drop names, but these are all world level boxers. How much is put on? How much of the session is planned with the idea being right? We need a bit of fun in there. We need some obviously progress in there, etc. What what kind of thoughts do you put into compiling compiling the program for the day? Because obviously, a lot of people, have, as you picked up before, assume that you're going to put together a session which is going to get them to the results as quick as possible. But if they're not going to perform and do it because it's not fun, then it's not the best program for them. So how would you go about that? Uh, a good friend and mentor of mine, um, Darren, he describes adult programming, adult program design, whether that's from the absolute beginner right through to the elite level. And he's been at the elite level for longer than I have, a lot yeah. longer. He describes it as adult PE um, yeah. or adult games. And, and of course, you know, in, in any training, again, for, you know, for a beginner, there's got to be an element of seriousness there because we've got to make sure that we don't injure them. Um, and at the elite levels, we again, we've got to make sure that we, not only do we not injure them, but we're also there to, to win and, and to deliver a result. So it, it's about getting that fine balance between, okay, here's the outcome that we're trying to achieve overall. Here's how we're going to break that down. Um, but here's how, you know, in, in, on this individual day, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna try and get the best that I can out of out of this athlete, you know. And then bearing in mind that I have to think on my feet as well. And any coach will tell you that that, you know, you you may have this idea of this perfect session that you, you've got planned out, and then the athlete comes in and and you know mentally they're not in the place where you expect them to be, and, and you have to change things around. And why I like the group environment is often a group will change the state of the mind of, of an athlete. So, yeah. you know, you can have an athlete coming in who's, who's potentially, you know, saying that they're perhaps, you know, be feeling a bit tired and whatnot like that. Yeah. And then the minute they get around three or four of their colleagues and, they, you know, they, they crack a couple of jokes here and there, their mindset shifted totally and they're up for the session ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we get the outcome we want, but then they 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 also um, get the outcome that they think they want when they walk through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a great point. That, it's yeah. the same with general pop, isn't it? Mm. People coming after work, and this person might mm. have had a bad day. This mm. person had a great day, and ultimately, mm. in a group, it's so much easier than to change mm. change everyone's mood very very quickly. Absolutely, it's so much yeah. easier. Absolutely, yeah. A good um, bit of that about making it fun. <clears throat> Give me a good question for Ben actually, because you Ben's worked a lot with. Um, academy football team so working with uh, youth uh, football and part of his uh, S&C programme was multi-sports getting the getting um, the, the, the lads the, the, the teams exposed to as much different as much sort of variance within the, the, the fitness and the physicality as he could um, what were your reasons behind that what, what was your thought process behind that basically the, if you set up a, a drill especially for kids but it works for adults as well if yeah. you set up a drill with a certain physical quality in mind and you go too rigid with that drill and you start talking about all the technicalities of what all the things that you want you'll end up sort of confusing the person you're trying to train whereas simply we, we use multi-sport because we could simply set a, um, a sport up with a physical quality in mind but we didn't have to teach them how to play the sport. So for example, we do something like basketball and we'd, we'd be after deceleration, acceleration, change of direction without actually speaking to them about all the qualities and, and what the 
what they're looking for when they're changing direction and yeah. just, let them, just let them do it yeah and as long as the intensity is maintained and mm. there are certain things you've got to take into consideration like that then yeah. we just covered like I said as many sports as mm. possible yeah that's great yeah but I think it's a really good point I'd like to ask based on that so to both of you how often do you explain what you're doing in a technical way to your athletes and how often do you just kind of like you just said you give them a game they don't know why there's a game and you just let them but they get into it and they just do it yeah it completely depends on who it is yeah. mm. who it is yeah. and, and and what what the reason is for telling them yeah so if it's and it doesn't really matter with age because some kids want to know why they're doing mm. stuff whereas some adults don't and they don't mm. care like and athletes are the same some people don't give they don't can I swear on this yeah some people <laughs> don't give a shit about yeah. I wouldn't be that polite <laughs> why they're doing uh, why they're doing things yeah uh, they just want to be told you're doing this yeah. you're doing X and Carry on. they don't yeah. care why because if you've got a relationship with them they shouldn't really question you the question might be that they're just they just want to know yeah uh, I've got players at the moment that that ask me about everything, but it's not because they're, they're judging they're just or interested. questioning it. They mm. actually just want to learn about it. Whereas yeah. others are the complete opposite. Yeah. They, don't, they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Some, just, some are very analytical, aren't they? They want yeah. to know the ins and outs. They're into data. They're into testing, science, yeah, yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, and, and that'll be the same again in general pop. Some are desperate to know how many sit-ups they've done in, yeah. in a minute or yeah. whatever. Or the body fat stats yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Some people and and others, yeah. others really don't care, do they? And I think that's your skill as a coach, a leader. And that's something that I've spoken about quite a lot in my personal stuff is that is you role as a leader with athletes. Yeah, man. Because there's a real... Um, and it is the same, again, with general population. There's a real um, like dichotomy, really, in, in that coaching world, in that, you know, as athletes, we're... You like that word? Good yeah. word, that one, isn't it? I've got a thesaurus <laughs> open on my laptop here. <laughs> can't spell it, but I can say it. Um, there's a real... Um, there's a, you've thrown me off now, <laughs> there's, there's a real um, issue there mm-hmm. in, in terms of you're coaching someone who's essentially better at the sport than you yeah, are yeah. you know you're coaching someone who is um, you know who, who's elite level at their sport and you're sort of saying you know follow my way and we, we can get you better so your role as a leader has to be really really you know diverse and it has to adapt and change and, and that, you know and this is something I've, I've spoken about in, in terms of um you know, when 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 we've mentored personal trainers, haven't we, lads? You know, <laughs> hashtag drop drop that one in. Is Mate, that, it's um, in every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is is that you know we we are trainers and coaches that and and. There's nothing worse than a life coach uh, who's 21 years old who lives with a mum trying to tell some solicitor about controlling their stress levels who's got five cases on and he's knackered and has got two kids at home. And and that's something we have to be mindful of at elite level is that ultimately, when it comes down to it, they can execute the skill better than we can. Mm. You know, that's something we always need to remember. The sports, whatever the sport is, that's number one as well. Yeah. I think coaches get caught up in the fact that we we like training as as a coach. We like training. We like spending time in the gym. We like experimenting with different things. But they they don't. I think he said it before. Like mm. some people, some athletes hate training. Yeah, it's like one of the worst parts of the day, and they just see it as the chore as part of the job. Yeah, yeah. just forced through it, aren't they? Yeah, and it's only the same with with PT clients. Like a lot of them are, are not going to enjoy training. They're no. going to do it for certain reasons, but they're not going to enjoy it. They do it for the end result, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah the outcome. Mm. The outcome. Yeah. That's our job, isn't it, to make yeah. it fun but make it effective as well yeah okay so we've gone over group solves where if <coughs> we're going to discuss it now why you would prioritize working with an athlete 
one on one what would be the thought process behind not going down the group option why would you benefit bene- why would you prioritise one to one not the athlete why would you prioritise it you know for me it's all about um, in the wider performance plan it's about assessing areas of weakness so um, it's my opinion that as strength and conditioning coaches or performance coaches whatever we are in terms of uh, the gains made actually the gains sometimes are quite marginal aren't they but where we can often uh, make quite a lot of progress is in areas of weakness so for me uh, you know that's when sometimes I will pull someone out one on one if I have got three or four you know players who are executing a certain movement well uh, and and you know uh, you know one of the the few you know sort of downsides of group based training is is that you know you can have four four people four athletes whatever who are executing a skill well but then there is a fifth one who, who's lagging behind mm. you know whether that's due to them loafing or whether that they just can't get the mm. the skill so for me then that's where I'd, I'd probably pull someone out and, uh, and and you know work on them uh, in a more one-to-one basis I would also look at myself you know is it my coaching uh, is my coaching marrying up with their learning style you know are they a visual learner etc and and am I am I giving them what they need in order to develop that's where I'd pull them out usually yeah. one-to-one it's very specific I yeah. Think. yeah yeah I think so. um, very I suppose specific to football but not just football but just in my experience is that the times that they train one-on-one would be injury, so yeah. when they're injured or after an injury, so like a rehab to an injury, but more and more now is, is like the prehab side, so it's more noticing yeah. things like like the weaknesses that Rich just said about, so it might be flag up in some screening that they've been doing, mm. that they coaches might notice a real red flag in terms of this is a real potential threat, I suppose, to to injury but when they're injured definitely like you see it anyone who watches any sort of football or sky sports news or whatever mm. like you see them all the time yeah. training by themselves and that's probably one of the only times that they do it yeah yeah um yeah and because our role essentially is to keep them on the pitch isn't yeah. it it's to keep them playing yeah. Yeah. our yeah. role is to get them in the, ensure in the group. That they're in the environment get them going yeah. on the yeah. yeah you take them out for as brief time as possible especially within a squad because they're in a team sport they need to be back in that squad yeah, 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 as often as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Often athletes, you know, quite often don't actually really like that no. feeling. When you report back, there's a feeling of isolation, and and some may sometimes view it as a bit of a punishment. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. these are all different things. As a coach, you've you've got to be aware of. I think what I'm most interested in, and again from a from a general population thing, and to tie in with this podcast is is that often we just follow trends and we just follow, you know, cultures and we just don't know why, mm. you know. I, I need to get fit, I'm going to hire a PT without any real knowledge or thought or consideration whether that's the type of environment that you'd feel comfortable in, yeah. you know, to be that up close and personal with somebody yeah. one-to-one. And again, you know, football, historically, was always, uh, we train in a squad and we don't do anything else and we do our training with a ball. I think I'm right. Mm. Most of their same with boxing, you know, we go running, uh, we do bag work, pad work on our own and that's it. Mm. And what what I'm all about and what I'm a big fan of is, well, breaking the rules, Mm. doing things differently. And why not? not? Mm. Seeing if it works. Because actually, on the opposite of the why not, if you often ask people why, they don't actually... Don't always have the answer. Have the answer. Mm. I think with, with group training as well, like 
you've got to ask whether people have actually done it. Because mm. if they've not done it, and how do they know they don't like it? Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, obviously, it's still youngish in the industry where group training's getting bigger, and a lot of people still think of it as a boot camp. Yeah. And ultimately, if yeah. you, when you used to talk about training your athletes in a group, it couldn't be further away from a boot camp. Yes. Yeah. Very specific, small group. Mm. Training. Well, so that's that what one thing about, we yeah. we encourage people, isn't it, is to not use the word boot camp. Yeah, yeah. you know, and um, again, when you ask people, why do you call it boot camp? Well, I don't know. Because yeah. fuck else. Everybody does. else does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they don't actually know why. Yeah. But what I find really interesting is general pop is still seen one to one as a premium product, small group or or even yeah. large group. It goes down the, the scale like that. Mm. Whereas with athletes, it's seeming almost as if the mm. premium product is your small group training. One to one is very mm. specific, and maybe someone's injured. Yeah. As, as Rick pointed out, can even be from the athlete's point of view yeah. seen as isolation, a bit of punishment, and mm. getting back into your group, your teammates is seen as the top end. Well, so, something that I've noticed so over the last few years working in gyms, you get PTs that get caught up in sort of strength and what they think strength and conditioning is without having worked with any sort of proper athlete yeah. so you've got PTs in gyms talking about fucking circadian rhythms and endocrine systems and all this stuff that they think is high end coaching so they and, and a lot of a lot of coaches refer to their clients as athletes even though they're just PTing somebody to lose yeah. fat but the more and more coaches I'm around that train some high end athletes because so, especially through Rick we meet you meet a lot we meet a lot of guys that have trained Olympic gold medalists and fucking high end top athletes the more and more I'm seeing it they're training them like they're just a normal person they're not training they're not going to and you know Rick himself he's trained some top guys but he's not training them like he's not taking them through anything massively uh, complex it's, it's, it's the basics yeah. you're dealing basics, with them like a normal yeah. person so in, in this industry people get this thing that athletes must train it, you must be a, like some sort of scientist you've got them in a lab coat to train an, uh, to train an athlete when it when, uh, the more I'm seeing over the over the years is that it's the act, actually the other way around the, people get a shock if they go into pro sport a lot of the time yeah I, depending on which sport there are sports that are better than others but you yeah. go into something like you go into football go yeah. into any football club, even the top football clubs, and I'm mm. look at the sessions that they do. Mm. Like the stuff that goes on in gyms is better than what goes on in a lot of clubs. Yeah. Well, not better, but it's it's but more so advanced. The eye might look like it's better. I mean, used to doing the basics, but as Rick says a lot, they're doing the basics well and yeah. actually testing a lot as well, which doesn't happen a lot of the time. Mm. But in sport, you will be testing and making sure every minor detail well, is that, that but, even, but even that, people get surprised with that. Mm. Like we t- we tested when I was at a club and we didn't use the tests for anything it was tests for testing sake just yeah. good on paper don't yeah, it, it was know. a case of just ticking boxes we just, we just oh. made sure we did the test at the time they wanted the test done but then they and then we tested them again and whether they improved or not was yeah. it's pointless because but, we didn't we never looked at the test before and so. it's, it's tough with uh, clubs especially I remember that when, when that uh, Athletic on Madrid video was out me yeah. and Ben watched it laughed our asses off at it the, the S&C session he was on the pitch had some sort of slightly overweight older guy running around, looked like he'd not done a session himself for a while, and then he's got him squatting on both two balls, which none of them could do. He's got him running with resistance, which none of them could really execute well. He had all these mad exercises, but they won the league that year. They won the Champions League, was it? So, uh, yeah, yeah. And that, so I was like, just going to add to that. Ultimately, whether it's about, you know, 
humble but I think right opinion is it's about the outcome yeah so you know like Ben said you know it, it wasn't Real Madrid sadly but you know um, it was a top level club wasn't it but if they're doing well no one gives a shit about the test you know, no. as long as we keep them safe and no. we keep it, them happy it's almost like an answer if it's not going well isn't it? it's something they can point yeah, at it, it, it's a cover your ass it happens in that it, happens in fighting all the time yeah, yeah it's cover your ass mm. and it's you know for me you know when working in general populations the outcomes we're looking for is is doing first and foremost do they turn up you know if they're turning up regularly that that will tell you you're doing something right yeah, yeah. you know if you've got consistent people attending good numbers then you, again you don't have to be Paul McKenna you don't have to be a body language expert to see are they smiling are they happy mm. are they enjoying themselves yeah. you know if you're getting those kind of things they're, they're more likely to turn up again you're yeah. more likely to get results with someone that's gonna turn up you know the best coaches in the world I don't give a shit how good you are if, if you've not got the person turning up or doing what you're asking them to do then you're not getting results mm. and it ultimately whether it's general pop right through to elite sport it's about one thing and one thing only is results yeah. Yeah. And, and and for me it's about all the things we've discussed it, you know the science it is what it is we, we look we like it we learn it we keep them safe we add a few things in extra uh, but ultimately it, it for me it's the simple things make it fun make it a good environment to be around a culture of success where there's you know not much negativity around there um get the athletes to turn up because again you know ben will back me on this you know it's hard getting sometimes even getting them through the door and mm. you know and i think if you can get those things in place you've got a a environment or we call it in pro sport don't we a playground for success mm. Context is key as well. Like you can look in on one session like that, like I'm doing what, yeah. And you could go, oh, that's bullshit. Like I don't agree with him doing that. Or yeah. Him doing this, yeah. but he, he might have a value reason. Yeah, he might do. Yeah. Why. And also, yeah. yeah. Like you say, we change, look at it and laugh it about it. All never time. Know. If we looked at five years ago mm. and saw someone yeah, using a TRX or something, we're like, ah, they get there. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, do you mean? Do you mean an FK Pro? Not a TRX. That's the point. What What you could have had is weeks of. Him doing some necessary but boring training. Yeah. yeah. Going, Let's just have a laugh today. Yeah. How do you know as well the players haven't turned around and gone, actually, we're, let us take control of this yeah thing. no you don't you yeah, don't know we'll, do you we'll take the only reason that video was going around Facebook was because people were going look how shit this is yeah. and we laughed at some of it didn't we yeah. but you, like I say they, they won so who cares really yeah. None, all of them got out of it safe and they won the league so yeah. nobody's moaning nope and they're not gonna they're not gonna change it on that thing are they, are they? And, and I think the, the epitome of that what Josh just said sorry Rick is um, is Andy Joshua's uh Oh, Instagram yeah, yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah. So you've always got him doing the cool shit. He's slamming balls against walls and he's slamming cables around and it looks super cool. And there's loads of people out there slagging off Jamie Reynolds going, he's doing this stupid shit with him. He's never going to get any better. But they're not showing you him activating his fucking external rotation. <laughs> they don't, yeah. because yeah. nobody wants to watch that on Instagram. That's yeah. why he doesn't post it. It's not that he's not doing it. Uh, it's, it's what you what you show and what you see and what you think it is to uh, what the the nitty gritty stuff that he's actually doing day in day out yeah I think that you know maybe lends you know to you know um, a point that w as coaches we're not there to impress other coaches yeah that's a big one you yeah. know we're there, we're there to keep our clients happy mm. whether that's athletes or, or you know absolute first time beginners into exercise it's what are you doing it for mm. and our sessions I don't give a rat's ass if a trainer, you know, trainers call other trainer sessions all the time. 
I don't really give a shit if, if another trainer likes my session. I, what I do care about is the, 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 the client, client or the, or the yeah. athlete and the result that I'm getting. Yeah, she was banging everyone out. So That's it, yeah. Well, yeah, well, people people still pick on it though, won't they? But I haven't beaten it recently, actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, the point we're getting across there, even with athletes, adherence is important, which group training helps. Yeah. Um, getting an extra 10% out of them when they're competing against others yeah. really, really helps. Yeah. And then, obviously, the environment as well. Yeah. Like so, uh, last thing then to wrap up, where can everybody find you? Yeah, guys? good one. Where can we find you, Ben? I know you're in this room right now, but <laughs> I'm in Manchester. <laughs> yeah. um, and the best place, really, is for, for any football stuff, is on Twitter. So it's at football fit fed with capital F's, I mm. think. Um, that's the best place. Yeah, it's also um, you on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah, so it's probably the best. Uh, the, I'm not sure what the Instagram mm. is. Running but events in a town near you. Um, we run network meetings, so for coaches to meet each other. We just done one at Villa Park. We had uh, Arsenal's lead sports scientist there. We've not confirmed the next one yet. Name but It's going to be one. Uh, yeah, coming soon. Hopefully, mm. well, in the next couple of months. Yeah, their podcast will be coming soon as well. Yeah. Keep your ears out for that. Yeah. Rick? Where um, find you, Rick? I'm on all the social media and uh, and on my website, and it's uh, just my name, Rick Moylan, R-I-C-M-O-Y-L-A-N, uh, rickmoylan.co.uk, or at Rick Moylan yeah. on all the um, social media. We've got a podcast, podcast out there as well. Yeah, the Maps podcast, yeah, that's on uh, iTunes yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, that that's me. Um, what is sorry I missed what you said then what did you say doing raps every Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thursday and Friday <laughs> well, how do you find the Maps podcast by the way is that a, just, is it the Maps podcast yeah the Maps yeah yeah, yeah the Maps uh, you just put the Maps into into iTunes and M A W P S yeah M A W P S and that should come up but that's well, that's also on my website I'll put all, I'll put yeah. all the links on the um, yeah, for everything on the on the uh, podcast uh, notes so and so that'll be it then for today uh, thanks for listening uh, we're back in soon with another episode um, thank our guests uh, for joining us and um, we'll see you again soon